okay let's do this all right welcome back to ruben cut today i'm finally going to talk about something i've just you know been been putting off forever which is why i'm sitting here in this relaxing fake cafe um because i i had no idea what to put in the background because i, I can't think of what could possibly be appropriate for this video i have been putting this off for a really long time part of which i'm glad i i have done some more research between when this thing started and now but i really didn't want to talk about it but i feel like i should talk about it but i'll probably regret talking about it i wanted to do a reaction to the racist spider-man movie spider-man lotus uh in, instead of this but um i found out that spider-man lotus is in fact fucking feature length and i was like oh no i am already behind schedule in this episode i'm not fucking doing that so here we are here we are it's time for ruben to talk about the conflict in the middle east and his um i'm absolutely positive that many people will criticize my hot takes on this situation as being overly idealistic or impractical or unlikely that's fine uh because my attitude is prescriptive not descriptive prescriptive meaning how i think it should be not how it is first off let's start with a big disclaimer i do not support hamas okay let's get that right out of the gate you don't have to support hamas to support the palestinian people or think that what's happening to palestinian people is wrong because hamas sucks they're terrible they're bad they're bad fucking people okay they are not good what they are doing what they did is a profoundly horrific act of violence absolutely terrible like oh man bad it's so bad it is it is bad like there's no there's no there are no words really to describe the uh horrific nature of what they did um it's quite frankly terrifying the fact that they could go into an area and essentially go door to door killing people is one of the most terrifying ways um you can think to possibly kill people now i mean to be fair i haven't been in that situation so I, that is my assumption that that is the most horrific terrifying way to be killed i don't know what it's like to be in the midst of a bombing for instance but there is something that just seems extra inhuman about your killers kicking in your door and looking you in the face hamas is the worst well maybe not i would have to assemble a, a a line of all the worst people in history to determine who in fact is the worst hitler arguably worse i don't know see it's a hard thing to measure the point is they're fucking terrible they're monsters they're and most importantly for me they're fascists okay all right because in 2006 when hamas took power of palestine palace 
Yeah, Palestine. Um, they ended voting. So, we have no way to measure. Um, they ended voting and started, like, a militaristic rule of Palestine. Which means that, you know, there's, uh, there's no... Palestinians should not, at this point, be blamed for what has been, like, what, 18 years of being ruled by fascists who give them zero choice in their everyday life? Do you see what I'm saying right there? Hamas does not represent necessarily or inherently the general population of Palestinians. In fact, many Palestinians' reaction was probably, oh no, they can't believe they did this. Israel's going to bomb the shit out of us. Which would have been an accurate prediction. So I had to get that out of the way. I had to get that out of the way because I needed to make it clear. There have been some leftists on the internet who have been pro-Hamas, which is um, fucking stupid, you know, because they're fucking fascists. And it's fucking embarrassing that anyone who describes himself as a leftist would support a fascist state. So I had to get that out of the way. We had to get that out front. That Hamas is terrible. I had to acknowledge that fact. For starters, it's true. Now I'm going to take a step back. Middle East, has to be stated, is a complicated situation. And I'm probably the last person you should be listening to about it. I am not the most informed. I had to do some research before this. I actually only found out about Hamas being a fascist dictatorship um, a few weeks ago. Because I didn't know much about Hamas until I looked into it. Now, that being said, my earliest introduction to the history of the Middle East crisis um, having been homeschooled, uh, the first book I read on that topic um, was historical fiction novel Exodus, which is not not a great first source. Uh, for starters, it's historical fiction. So none of, the, none of the main characters are real people. And it just loosely bases itself around real events. And it has to be set, noted that the book is heavily from the Israeli point of view. Um, the one thing the book does get right, though, and that most people should be able to agree on, is at the end of the day, this is all Britain's fault. This is entirely Britain's fault. The way, first of all, they colonized the area to begin with, um, which, you know, colonialism, a long history of fucking everything it touches. But second of all, they decolonized in a in quite possibly the most irresponsible manner, which is that they basically um, just packed up, made unsustainable promises to both the Israelis and the Palestinians at the same time, and were like, "Yeah, you'll figure it out." And so far, Britain, they haven't. You fucked up, Britain. You fucked up. You failed to set up anything of value on your way out the door. And now we all have to suffer. Thanks, Britain. You've always been... Well, I can't say you're the worst. Somehow you escape being the worst just based on how terrible other people have been compared to you. 
Like if 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 Hitler or Genghis Khan or Hamas or various terrorist organizations or the Nestle Corporation didn't exist, it'd be really easy for us to sit back and go, you know, the British. They really are the fucking worst. But uh, those other things exist, so it's a much harder thing to measure. Congrats, Britain. By comparison, you suck. But not as bad as some of the other people. Britain. Sitting there going, thank God Mussolini was a person. Ah, Britain. There's no place on earth you wouldn't just waggle your dicks and fuck it all up. No brown people you wouldn't screw over. Thanks, Britain. You made the worst parts of the 20th century possible. And in fact, it's bled over into the 21st century. Thanks, Britain. You did a great job. Bang up. Maybe part of your exit strategy should have been to actually help establish that fledgling state so that it wouldn't turn into the massive ethnic clusterfuck that it has become. But no, Britain. You basically made unsustainable promises to two different groups and got your asses out of there as quickly as you could. Hell, we put in, America put in more at work with Afghanistan. Didn't count for much, but we tried a lot harder than you did. You dumb Brits. Or as I call you, the Britches. No, that doesn't work. It's it, I meant for it to sound like bitches, but it... British bitches. Okay, doesn't, no, it's, it's... I'll work it. We're workshopping it. We're workshopping it. Leave a comment. Uh... What, I, what I'm saying is, fuck the United Kingdoms. And I'm not just saying that because of my Irish heritage. You know, just fuck those people. Um, I'm sorry. There are perfectly nice people in Britain. And the United Kingdom also includes my heritage as well. Fucking Anglos, though. Bitches. I'm sorry. These are jokes. I'm they're not coming across as jokes because I'm uh, feisty. Ornery? Who cares? Let's move on. The point is, is that the Israeli-Palestinian conflict's been going on for a while. And a large part of it is because Britain sucks. So hard. But I can't just keep harping on that because it doesn't really address the problems of today. But of course, that's sort of the big problem with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's a conflict between two people who won't let shit go. I'm sorry. I started by blasting Hamas, which is fair, because they're terrible for everyone involved. But it has to be noted. <clears throat> Netanyahu also sucks. He's terrible. He's also a fascist. And in fact, when this first started, my major concern was that uh, this attack by Hamas would enable Netanyahu to continue to be more fascist. Sort of how 9-11 empowered the United States government to suck so hard. However, to my surprise, the Israeli people have not been happy with Netanyahu. And there's lots of good reasons for that. You, Those who weren't paying attention, Netanyahu previously tried to make a very fascist move 
of bringing the judiciary branch underneath the executive branch's power, thereby consolidating more power in the executive branch, the classic move of fascists. Not as direct as what Hamas did, but still a move towards fascism. Of course, I will remind you, everyone, that the definition of fascism is when you... Is when a state brings all its power into an unquestionable executive power that is, you know, has no checks and balances. Checks and balances are the only way to stop fascists at the end of the day. Looking at you, Heritage Foundation, you fascist cocksuckers. I don't say cocksucker on here enough. Please leave a comment if you think I should say cocksucker more. Of course, cocksucker. Maybe the definition of cocksucker needs to change, but let's move on. So, Ruben, you said that your take on this is idealistic. Wait, I have more to say about Netanyahu. Right. Netanyahu, to my surprise, has not successfully pushed extra fascism in Israel, although, you know, that could still be coming, because, frankly, the Israelis uh, noticed what he was doing with the whole judiciary branch and were like, hold on, hold the fuck on which is good for them. They live in a police state, after all, so they can't really afford to get extra more fashy. Netanyahu also has come under fire from the Israelis because, well, everything that's happening is kind of his fault. He spent a large period of time in office assuring the Israeli people that the continuous apartheid state that he was having, holding the Palestinians in with Hamas was sustainable which is one of the most foolish things I've ever heard anyone say. The idea that any type of apartheid state is sustainable is, of course, the lie told by those in power to deceive those with less power into supporting their power. And yes, the Israel-Palestinian situation is an apartheid. After all, there is literally nowhere for people in the Gaza Strip to go that doesn't involve them having to pass through Israeli checkpoints. Many have already referred to Palestine as an open-air prison, which is not inaccurate. Israel also for a long time has run off of a conscription, mo a conscription model you know, where all your citizens have to, well, all citizens who are able have to have served in the military. Um, as a leftist, I can't support this ideology or theory on things, although it does make people more responsible with guns, as the data seems to indicate. At the end of the day, though, Netanyahu, who, has, who sent out some, what have now been barely very poorly aged political campaign ads where he talks about how they are prepared for every scenario. Well, they weren't prepared for this one. In fact, they were horrifically unprepared for this one. In fact, all of their troops were so far away from the conflict that it took 10 hours for the Israeli forces to arrive at the scene of the attack. Now, if you have stopped to think about this for even a moment, you can realize that literally every single one of those hours could have saved lives. 
but the Israeli forces were nowhere near the attack. It took them what at the time would have felt like for the people undergoing the violence forever, which is horrific level of failure. In fact, it looks it makes 9/11 seem like almost methodically handled in comparison. And 9/11 was a huge fuck up or inside job. I have no evidence to prove that. But moving along. So, to say the least, the Israelis are not happy with Netanyahu and his handling. And in fact, Netanyahu has come under fire in the Israeli press. In fact, some of the most prominent Israeli newspapers and media sources have called out Netanyahu on his epic failure and lies. Yes. Things aren't looking good for Netanyahu. I mean, he's still in power. He's still a fascist, or at least proto-fascist. He's also a man who once made apologia for Hitler's anti-Semitism. Apologia? I honestly don't know how to pronounce it. I thought it was apologia, but then I heard someone say it was actually apologia, and I have been baffled ever since. But the point is, he is the guy who at one point blamed Hitler's anti-Semitism on the Middle East, which is an interesting claim considering Europe's insanely long history of anti-Semitism. Don't know why he would have had to go to the Middle East to become anti-Semitic there, Netanyahu. Seems uh, like an unnecessary extra step in the history of a series of countries that, you know, had long had histories of anti-Semitism. We could also just as easily bring up the fact that Hitler himself cited people like Henry Ford. But no, Netanyahu's goal to dehumanize the Middle Eastern people like Egypt and the Palestinians. No, even, even Hitler's fair game for that. Netanyahu, you really are a disgusting piece of trash. But of course, Similar to how Hamas is not inherently the Palestinian people, I do not consider the Israeli people to inherently be Netanyahu. Like I said, at least some Israelis are calling Netanyahu on his bullshit. Also, I have to be clear, I don't understand Israel's plan. Or at least the actions that they're taking. Don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so the big thing, for those that might be unaware, somehow, is that the Palestinians took over some absurd number of hostages, some of which were Americans. A couple of Americans have been released, however, and took them hostage. They probably released them because they were American, you know, just most likely. But they took a bunch of hostages, and Israel's response, despite the fact that Hamas's statement was is that they would kill the hostages if there were bombings, Israel's response has been to check notes, bomb the shit out of Palestine. And I have to be honest, I don't understand this plan. 
As far as I'm aware, the two most logical steps for hostage retrieval is A, negotiations, or B, special forces being sent in to find and recover said hostages. The idea of carpet bombing a city seems like the worst way to get hostages back. After all, if we have to, and we have to assume the hostages are somewhere in Gaza, because where else would Palestine take them? Hamas, I mean. So, carpet bombing the city seems like the most likely way to blow up your own hostages. I... It does not make sense. It does not make sense. Nor do the actions of cutting off electricity, food, medical care, water to the Palestinians, because one has to assume that Hamas, who are terrible people, but have to, would more than likely prioritize the lives, needs for water, medical care, and food of Palestinians probably above those of the hostages, so one has to assume that cutting water, food, electricity, and medical care is going to mean that the hostages have been cut off from food, water, electricity, and medical care, which their limited supplies of these things will almost definitely be prioritized to Palestinians over hostages. Does Israel want the hostages back alive? I seriously don't know at this point. Also, Israel's decisions to bomb humanitarian corridors and try and prevent is Palestinian civilians, who are by and large innocent people, from leaving Gaza is just, you know, fucked. So yeah, no, it seems like we are literally looking at a, one of the worst case scenarios for wars, where it's essentially just two terrible governments throwing shit at each other while all their civilian populations have to suffer. And here we are in America giving them more weapons and bombs and troops, which seems weird because... Israel has every military advantage over Palestine. I don't really know if they need our support. At least not militarily. Like, I don't... It's, it's, it's not like... It's, it's, it's not like Russia and Ukraine, where Ukraine is the underdog in that situation. I, I, I don't know what you've been told about Israel, but Israel is not the underdog in this conflict. They're not. I'm sorry. They're not the underdog. They have every advantage over the Palestinians. Just literally. And like, I don't know what you want. I don't know what America... America's helping of them, you know, just seems primarily like a giant political move. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that America shouldn't be involved in getting these hostages back. Some of them are Americans. And ultimately, I do want the hostages saved. But I would also 
like to not ethnically cleanse the Palestinians. And I would like to not ethnically cleanse the Israelis either. In fact, the reason that I would say that my solution is considered widely to be overly idealistic and maybe even unrealistic is that I don't support the two-state solution. I support a one-state solution. I've also heard the theories of a no-state solution, which I think is makes sense on certain levels, but also is far more unlikely than my belief in a single-state solution. Why do I believe in a single-state solution? Because I don't live in 1945. The reality is this. Um, for years, decades even, we have, as a society, advanced beyond the concept of things like homelands, motherlands, or ethnostates. In fact, whenever the term ethnostate comes up, our general reaction is, Oh, no, gross, why would you do that? But when Israel says... Eth but when Israel vouches for an ethnostate, specifically a Jewish ethnostate, everyone's like, yeah, go you! Good for you! No. No. What? What? No. All ethnostates are bad. There. I said it. That's my belief. All ethnostates are bad. I don't think they serve a real inherent purpose. And every argument I've ever heard for why Israel should be allowed to be an ethnostate, although some people will argue it's actually a theocratic state, man, with, to which I would say those are bad too. I am a leftist. I am a democratic socialist. I believe in some things wholeheartedly, which is, I believe an absolute individual freedom. I believe in democracy. And I believe in the collective power of unions. What I don't believe in are ethnostates. I don't believe in strict nationalism. And frankly, every argument I've ever heard for why Israel, or for that matter, let's both sides it here, Palestine, should have their own state removed of the other group are the exact same arguments that white supremacists make about why we should stop letting Mexicans in and why black people should be asked to leave. At the end of the day, these are arguments for ethnostates. There's no other words for it. Yes, I know, some of you would argue it's a theocratic state, but once again, that's not better. I don't support Christian nationalism in my country, and I have no problem with Christians. Side note, did you know that some Palestinians are Christian? We never talk about it, but they're in fact not all Muslims. So yes, I believe in a single state. Why? Because I believe in a melting pot. I believe in equality. I believe in voting. But Reuben, the Israelis don't want to be a minority in their own country. Do you, do you even, do you even fucking hear yourself? Wh where are you from? Alabama? Literally, some Nick Fuentes shit. 
literally the shit Nick Fuentes says. And Nick Fuentes is a fucking anti-Semitic Nazi. So no, I cannot say that I support the state of Israel. I have nothing against Jewish people. I have nothing against them living there. But at the end of the day, call it unrealistic, call it idealistic. My political beliefs will not allow me to support either an ethno or theocratic nationalist based system. It's really that simple. It's not even a matter of principles. These concepts are just politically incompatible with anything I believe in. That being said, I'm just a comedian on the internet who puts out a podcast that is more me just yelling into the void than anything else. I'm not saying that I want either group to be driven out. I'm saying I think that both groups need to suck it up and learn how to live together. I'm saying that Israel-Palestine, one country, is not a bad idea. And that the only way these wars will end is if both sides get the fuck over themselves. Killing is wrong. War is wrong. States based on keeping other people out or maintaining an exclusive homogeny are also wrong. It's that simple. But it's also complicated. I understand. But Reuben, the Israelis, it's their homeland. They, they lived there for hundreds of years and before the Ottoman Empire and shit. Yeah, no, I've seen the meme. But I also don't care. Because if you ask me to care about that, I would also have to be like, well, you know, I guess we all have to leave America and give it back to the Native Americans. Do you see what I'm saying? History only matters in that it can teach us the mistakes of the past. And right now we're living in a we're living in a situation where there are two countries that should be one country. Maybe do some type of parliament thing. I don't know. Something with checks and balances. But this apartheid thing doesn't work. And we've known it doesn't work. We've seen it. It's been done. It's been done in Africa. It's been done in Ireland. Apartheids don't work. And yes, what the Palestinians live in is an apartheid. I'm sorry. They're not equal citizens. And it's been deliberately designed that way. Once again, however, all of this being said needs to be, because this is the important thing. This is what actually affects us here in America. Nothing that is happening right now in the Middle East is or should be, and I should have put this at the beginning of the video now that I'm thinking about it, absolutely none of this is an acceptable excuse for anti-Semitism or Islamophobia, both of which have been on the rise in America since this occurred. What with the stabbing of a Palestinian, stabbing to death of a Palestinian refugee boy, or the various increase in anti-Semitic sentiment around the internet and the United States. These things are also not acceptable because these things are part of the problem. These things will feed and fuel the problems that are already happening. We don't need more Islamophobia. We don't need more anti-Semitism. What we need is people to come together we need is people to decide that moving on in peace 
is better than struggling in war. That being equals is more valuable to society than living in the fear that you will be betrayed by those who are not like you. We have to move on. And you can take this, once again, as seriously as you want. After all, I'm not a diplomat. I'm not a military strategist. I'm not a diplomatic strategist. I am, once again, just a comedian with a podcast ranting into the void. Begging people to embrace love and respect and equality over fear. And that's, I, I guess that's all I have to say. I hope you listen to the end of this one. This is a rough one. I, I didn't... I, if you notice, I, I had barely any attempts at humor. And all of them were at the expense of Britain, and they weren't that funny. Because it's not, because this situation is not funny. Is it absurd? Y yeah, it's absurd, because we're closing in on a hundred years of this shit. It's very absurd. But even though it is absurd, it is not funny. And I have nothing funny to say about it. Because like all world conflicts, it all comes down to this. For some reason, people just can't seem to agree to live in peace. And that's frustrating. Because peace is a two-way street. It only works if all sides agree on it. Period. I want to thank you for listening. I hope that you're following me on Spotify. Please like and subscribe on the YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. Email the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Please choose peace. I know that's hard because we're all hurting. I make fun of the British. But I would never encourage the Irish to start killing them again. <laughs>